My name is Matt Tanner. At eight years old, I rolled pretzels for my dad's pretzel stores. Fast forward to today, I do multi-unit franchise deals and help entrepreneurs build their businesses. This is Franchisees United. What's going on, guys? Matt Tanner here with the Franchisees United podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming on Ian Gordon with Northwestern Mutual. Ian, how you doing, brother? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Ian is, we've actually done a podcast before, right? What's it been? I think it's been a couple months, two or three months. A couple months now, your office in in Boca. So we had a a really good episode with that. It was awesome. So I think today what I want to gear this more towards is, you know, obviously we've done a podcast a lot about your firm and what you do, and I want to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, But as you know, our audience is franchisees and more importantly, business owners. So I want to kind of talk a little bit about what they should be doing from a risk mitigation standpoint, as well as diversification, all that stuff. For sure. um, but more importantly, let's get let's kind of dive into a little bit about you. Tell people who don't know who you are, you know, how you got started and what you're doing with Northwestern Mutual and what you do kind of day to day. So again, it's Ian Gordon, and uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, PA. I moved to South Florida really just to chase fishing. That's my hobby, my life, my dream. And I realized that I had to get a real job. <laughs> Fell into finance just by uh, on the whim. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So my job day to day is to recruit and develop a team at this point now. But I also do maintain clientele that I've you know met over time as well as seek individual clients who are referrals. Um, but really the job is to diversify. Diversify business owners, diversify individuals. Uh, my target market specifically is business owners. Just because there's so many different avenues and so many ways I can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. If you have somebody who's worked for Coca-Cola, for instance, their entire life, um, and they're offered a 401k, they're offered health insurance, they're offered disability insurance, all these different benefits, we don't have the same benefits as somebody who's a business owner, right? They're 1099, and there's a lot of luxuries with being a business owner. But the negative thing is that nobody's matching them in a 401k, nobody's setting them up. Right. So if you take a business owner that makes 200 grand or pays himself 200 grand from their business, and then you take somebody who's made 100 grand at Coca-Cola, if we look at retirement, by the time we're there, the person at Coca-Cola is already set up for retirement a lot better than the individual who paid themselves more income as a business owner. So what we do is we structure the business so they can set up sides or, or a portion of their income from the business to be able to fund and diversify for a retirement plan. Gotcha. So, you know, one thing, you know, obviously my background is in the franchise industry. I grew up in it. And what I've seen a lot of over the years is franchisees that'll get so caught up in how successful and how well they're doing within individual brands. So someone that was actually very close to me, you know, his entire life built portfolio within the same brand. Um, And then, you know, obviously we're at a different day and age now, whether it's technology or, you know, the distribution and just how... How, you know, the day and age that we're in now is just so much different than 10, 20 years ago. And as technology grows and different things happen, anything can happen to your business, especially if you're not diversified and you're only focused on one franchise brand. So like I said, someone I've known very closely, he lost everything just because he was only in one brand and he was very successful for the last two decades. But now it was at the point where it didn't work out with that brand and the last 10, 20 years, he wasn't making the proper investments Correct. outside of that one eggs nest. So I guess talk to me a little bit about that. Like, 
what do you do for your clients and what yeah. do you think he should have done throughout those 10 or 20 years? So again, I mean, it's a perfect example. I mean, with business owners, they're reinvesting, I mean, they take good income from the business, but they're always reinvesting those extra dollars back into that single business. Mm-hmm. In this case, like with your example, it can be really, really dangerous because now we're tying all of our eggs up in one basket. Right. So that proves the point exactly that the most important piece to this is to be diversified. You want to have your money all over the place. Of course. And your business is going to give you the greatest rate of return, no ifs, ands, or buts, in a successful business. Right. But, again, stressing the importance of being diversified. You should have your money in real estate. You should have your money in the market. You should have your money in some safer areas like insurance. You should have your money all over the place. Mm-hmm. That way, if something's not working or something falls off the map, we've got the other ones that are there to back you up and protect you. For sure. So really, really, really important to diversify. And not only that, it gives you leverage in the future. So even if our business continues to be successful and it continues to climb, you know, imagine just from a tax efficiency piece, being able to pull from different areas at different times that are most opportune. So diversification, I mean, again, I can't stress it enough, but in that given position or in that given circumstance, um, you know, those individuals or those business owners being able to set themselves up from a diversification platform they'd probably be a lot, a lot better off today. In fact, I know they would. For sure. Um, you know, in the franchise space, it's crazy because it, it's very predictable cash flow outside of something drastic happened to your business. Absolutely. So, you know, you maybe have a 2%, 3%, 4% annual increase Absolutely. of sales. And if you're running your controllables properly and, and maximizing profitability, you know, you can truly predict what you're going to make, what, what your revenues are going to be versus your EBITDA at the end of the year. So I guess my question is, if the franchise owner knows pretty, you know, if they understand how much money they're going to make or cash flow out of yeah. each business, what should they be doing specific investments um, yeah. and, and something they could they do with you, for example? Absolutely. So, you know, rule of thumb would be for, especially for a business like that, would be to try to get as close to 10% of revenue placed into different areas in, in diversification. Um, if it's a single individual, we're not even talking about there's an asset in the business, they really should be putting 20% of their income. But because we're in a given situation where somebody has the asset of the business, that's already an investment in itself. So 10% would be sufficient. So if they make 100000 a year in net income out of their businesses, yeah, they would. you would recommend they would put 10%, so 10000 yep. of that aside? Yep. I would say at least 10000 So ten to 20000 you're saying? Yep. And some avenues that I would say that would be important is obviously to have some tax efficiency and some type of IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, the only negative downside to an IRA is you can't touch that money until 59 and a half. Right. Although we need to have money in the future anyways, um, it also puts us in a position where a lot of them give us a dollar for dollar tax deduction. Mm-hmm. People are so bad at saving here in the United States that the government actually incentivizes us to put money away by giving those type of deductions. Or else they're going to be on the hook to be able to help people with you know Medicaid and, and Medicare and all these different avenues where they're going to look fun anyways. Right. Uh, so the first avenue would be making sure that you know we're not overpaying in taxes and making sure that instead of paying the IRS, we're paying ourselves for the future. The second avenue would be more on the liquidity side, would be you know splitting those extra dollars into permanent life insurance, and in addition to that, using a brokerage account. So uh, you know we'll start with the permanent insurance. That would be the safe piece to the portfolio. Um, cash value that we're accumulating that doesn't have market risk, but it's liquid. We can touch it anytime we need to. And if there's a down market, now we've got access to cash that we can pull from and buy into real estate in the market in opportune times. Right. Um, I also like brokerage account because it gives you that market exposure just like a 401k or an IRA would, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tie you up to 59 and a half. 
So imagine having unlimited access, being able to touch this money before 59 and a half without any penalties. Right. It still gives you the ability to earn those type of rate of returns to 10 to 15% long term, you know, and follow the S&P trends. So I do like the idea of literally I mean, having the money all over the place, including in addition to that real estate. Okay. So so how do franchisees even get started? You know, it's, it's obviously overwhelming for them because they're running all these, you know, if they're a multi-unit owner or even if they're an individual operator, you know, what would you recommend? I know you said yep. start with 10%, start yep. small. Um, but what was the what would be the first thing you would recommend them to do? The first thing I recommend is, one, to find somebody like myself who's an advisor who knows what they're doing. Okay. You know, people think, and there's a common misconception, that you need to have millions and millions of dollars or hundreds, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's just absolutely not correct. Right. So, I mean, I work with people that put $20 a month away. I work with people that put a million dollars a month away. It doesn't make a difference. The idea is to get comfortable with a budget whether that's what the business can afford to put away or an individual, what they can personally afford to put away. Mm -hmm. And we build a foundation with the budget that they're currently comfortable with, diversify them, and now we've got all these different accounts already open for them. And as their budget increases over time, you know, maybe it's a small amount of dollars to them today, but we put a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more each time we review. And before they know it, they're putting a lot of money away for retirement and their goals. So even if it's below the 10%, any step in the right direction is huge. And I do see a new movement with the next generation that's seen their parents make a lot of mistakes. So these younger individuals who are open to start to save, they just don't know where to start. Right. Call an advisor. A lot of them are free to work with. Yeah. And people just don't realize that it's not expensive to work with advisor and you don't have to have a ton of money. Right. Um, you know, I definitely have seen a change in this generation, the new generation, uh, because they've learned from their parents' mistakes. Their parents didn't save properly. They didn't do all the things that necessary to put money away. And the parents are smart enough to tell their kid, don't do the mistake. You know, learn from my mistakes, put money away, and do it properly. For sure. So, you know, I know you mentioned, um, you know, people that have seen their parents um, go through that, mm-hmm. and now they're in a position where they've learned. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to kind of touch on the different types of business and franchise owners as far you know yeah. from an age demographic so Absolutely. like what somebody might do if they're a 25 year old franchisee versus and single mm-hmm. versus a 60 year old franchisee with dozens of locations yeah. and a family to think about yeah so what would you recommend the 25 year old should do different than the 60 year old you know there really is not too much different in terms of the different vehicles that are available it really is that simple i mean there's not that many places to put your money mm-hmm. but there's different stages in life there's different approaches that we take towards financial planning for instance if you are somebody who's in the later years of your life in terms of retirement or getting close to retirement we have to work with what we got and then we have to figure out the most advantageous way to distribute it and for more examples would be that okay so how much tax advantage money do we have how much money do we have to pay taxes on um, and where are we pulling from from different times? For somebody who's young, I mean, it's very, very simple to do the planning. It's what is affordable to you today. Let's mm-hmm. build off of that and get comfortable with that budget and increase it over time. So, you know, some of the areas that would include for on both demographics or both age groups would be life insurance, make sure we start with protection and make sure everything, you know, at an early age, especially to lock in at a young age when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's still possible or still uh, putting them in a position at their age in the future when they're older um, to apply for life insurance so they can get accepted because of their health, um, it is going to be more expensive, but sometimes it's still advantageous to move forward with a plan. Um, but being young and taking advantage of your youth and your health is key when it comes to the insurance side of the planning. The investments is, you know, sooner you do it, the better. In fact, if you just play with a compounding uh, calculator or play with an interest calculator, 
it'll show you improved, you know, at a young age, if you start to save a hundred dollars now, if you're 25 years old, you know, in the future, you could have over a million bucks, you know, right. by the time you're 65. But nobody so, wants to get rich slowly. No. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. But doing that in addition to the other things that can get you rich quicker, right. puts you in a position where your plan is foolproof. You know, no offense or buts, you'll be a millionaire and, and you put yourself on the path to be able to get it done. For sure. So, so like the younger franchisee, say he's 25, 30 years old yeah. roughly, and he's got one location, maybe two. Yeah. I know you mentioned locking in that age with life insurance. Absolutely. Um, would you recommend he would just do the, the term or the whole policy? You know, it could be a mixture of both. It depends on the budget. You know, if the budget allows us to do permanent insurance and you're starting to build an asset right away, awesome. Let's do it. If your budget doesn't necessarily allow you to do that, even locking in a term insurance policy, even though we haven't got to the point where we're saving or accumulating, we've locked in your health and we've locked in your youth. That's the most important piece when you're doing life insurance planning is we know we may not need a death benefit today, but we're going to need it anyways in the future as our business starts to build, as we acquire more positive debt, as we build a family. We need to have it. We might as well pay the least amount that we possibly can for it. And then eventually as our budget increases, we can turn that term insurance into a building asset with permanent life insurance. So it's simply just to lock the agent essentially. Absolutely. Health is, is actually the most important piece. I can't tell you how many times I see, you know, and people just in their mindset think that nothing's gonna change with their health. Right. You know, it's actually a statistic, which is a pretty wild statistic. You know, there's less than a four percent chance somebody's actually gonna die in the next twenty years. Okay, if, if they're accepted by an insurance company. Right. But from a disability perspective or a health change perspective, there's actually a 28% chance that somebody in the next 20 years is going to be, have some type of health change or disability. Yeah. So prepping for that and locking yourself in when you know you're healthy is the most opportune time to do it. For sure. And is that just for like any type of injury or is that... It's, like, it could be a, an injury that actually takes away from your income, right? And that's a whole okay. different subject in terms of insurance. That would be a disability insurance policy. I can't stress that enough. I mean... It's literally insuring your income, you know, and your income is the biggest asset that you have. When I ask people, you know, what's your, what's your biggest asset? They tell me their 401k, their home, their real estate, their business. And well, no, it's not, it's really that none of this would be there without them. Right. So we need to make sure that we insure properly the most, you know, advantageous piece to their portfolio. And that's that. So, you know, people insure their phones, they insure their cars, they insure their TVs. Right. But we're in a position where we need to insure the biggest asset that they have. And that's that. So right. disability insurance is key when it comes into play with that. You know, anything that could be limiting to them to do the duties of their job puts them in a position where, you know, the insurance company now would be on the hook to pay them tax-free income all the way to age 70. Oh, wow, to 70. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what I'm hearing here is for the younger franchisee that's had a lot of little success early on, the two important things is to lock in the age yep. with the life insurance, and then you said lock health. in health. Yeah. It, that's both with, that's with the life insurance? Or Absolutely. That's, okay. Health that's for life insurance and that's But what about the disability? disability. So you can lock in disability that's insurance correct. the same way that that's you correct. can. The younger you do it, more advantageous in terms of cost. And obviously there's no other healthier time than, than right now. You know, and then as long as they're keeping up with their insurance premiums, mm-hmm. you never lose that age on yep. either of them. Absolutely. So God forbid something happened to them in the future, right, mm-hmm. from a health perspective, they can never take away that premier health rating. Okay. Your age is always going to be locked in within your plan. And the disability insurance, it's not like, is it like life insurance where there's term and hold or that's just a a term? There's many, many different facets to disability and they can customize those plans in different dimensions. The way that I always like to do it is a 90-day elimination period. And what that means is it would kick in after 90 days of a disability. Okay. Um, And the reason why I do 90 days, it's a little less expensive than doing, you know, a 30-day elimination period. Because typically the clients that we're working with or somebody that owns a business in specifics, 
has enough to be able to or saved or can you know find or, or put to pull together some monies that they became disabled within a 90 day period right where it really really becomes detrimental is when we have 90 days or more where somebody can't work or can't continue to have income come in mm-hmm. that's really where i've seen it be devastating so we usually want to ensure from 90 days on all the way to age 70. Um, so there's not necessarily any term component to it it would just stop paying to an individual once they turn 70 years old okay and it's typically about 60% of your income. So for instance, if somebody makes 100 grand, they go down and they can't perform any of the duties of their specific own occupation. Right. Um, you know, I pay them $60,000 tax-free all the way to 870. That was actually that was actually my next question. Yeah. So like what, you know, say they make 100,000 a year and then they have the, the disability insurance mm-hmm. and then something happens. Yep. And then they can't work anymore, they can't run their business. Mm-hmm. Like is is it just 60% of that 100k till 70 or mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't go up at all based on... It wouldn't. There are some different riders and things like that you can put in place to coincide with inflation and increase over time. Uh, but typically, the general plans are going to give you about 60% of your income all the way to age 70. Uh, the other misconception that I see is if somebody's working for you know, a large company that's nice enough to offer a disability plan, a group disability plan, what people don't realize is, let's use that $100,000 example again, and you work for Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. If that individual goes down, yeah, they're going to pay 60%. But unfortunately, if it's coming from an institution that's providing it for you, it's going to be taxable. So somebody who's used to making a hundred grand of income is now at like the forty thousand dollar income after taxes. So what we do is we actually supplement. We use that strong base that Coca Cola has provided them to give them that disability plan, mm-hmm. and we'll supplement the difference and actually add some additional insurance from a disability perspective to get them closer to that sixty thousand dollars or even more in addition um, to make sure that they can sustain their lifestyle and pay their bills. Gotcha. See, I never knew. I, I knew about you know life insurance and disability, but I didn't know to that extent that yeah. you can. That's yeah, very very interesting. Absolutely. So so should I do that? You should. You should. You should. You're, <laughs> you're actually, the biggest asset that you have, right? It's funny because for twenty six years, yeah. never had a single injury. Yeah. Well, actually, twenty seven years, never had a single injury. The or a single injury. The worst thing that I had was I used to get cramps. Like in my legs, playing sports. Yep. That was it. Yep. And then now that I'm 27, I don't know if that's the number that's, that should, just starts <laughs> happening to you. Yeah. But now that I'm 27, I've had crazy back problems. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know, it's uh, it's not something that's going to limit me from running businesses, yep. but it's it's mentally very draining. Absolutely. <laughs> and now I'm at Absolutely. the point where I'm like, I'm just cutting weight. I actually fast every single day now to a certain it's time. Get on, get on, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to drop weight, but the more I start thinking about it, I'm like, wait a second, should I get this? Disability yeah. insurance. Always, always. You know, yeah. The sooner you do it, the better off you be. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to consider it, especially my brother. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, tell Rob. Tell Rob he needs to uh, to get his insurance in place. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, a lot of good information mm-hmm. and knowledge there. And, you know, it was definitely very valuable for mm-hmm. business and franchise business owners and franchisees. Yeah. I guess, you know, kind of wrapping up here. What we've noticed is so many people love to absorb content, knowledge, information, yeah. and then they don't do anything with it. Yeah. So if you had to recommend one single thing, out of someone that's listening to this today, they listen to all of it, absorb all the knowledge and information. If you had to choose one single thing that they would do as a business or franchisee, as a business owner or a franchisee, what would it be to get started? Carve off a chunk of money that you know, no ends or buts, that you can afford. Yep. To put away, and whether that's using any of these different type of vehicles, anything is getting you know putting your foot or, or your feet in the right direction. You know, call an advisor like myself. Figure out and determine what that budget is with your advisor, going through a budget sheet, mm-hmm. and put it away. 
And what happens is you notice, you know, even $100 makes a huge impact in the future. We spend $100 every time we walk outside of the door. Yeah. So to put it away for your future is not asking for that much, right? Right. So it puts us in a position where you can really diversify and you'd be shocked. I don't care how old you are or how late you think it is to start, right. what that can do for you in the future. And saving anything is better than nothing. And what happens is you get comfortable to that designated number. Let's say it's that $100 example. Mm-hmm. The following year when you sit down to do a review with your advisor, maybe you can put away 150 or 200 or 300 right? And the goal is to get used to that or get comfortable with that number. Maybe sometimes you have to go backwards. But the goal and ideally is to always add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more before you know you're putting a lot of money away. Right. And you're going to conquer all your goals and then some. So take action today with something small. Absolutely. Don't wait. Absolutely. Got it. You know, the thing in my business, and that's why I have a job, and that's why, you know, I don't necessarily love this idea, but that's the reason why I have a job, is nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I'm going to start an IRA today. I'm going to buy life insurance. (laughs) The only people that want to buy life insurance are people who are sick or dying. So it's really good to be proactive. And, uh, you know, calling an advisor would be the first step. And don't wait for us to call you. Come to us. For sure. Last question for you before we wrap up. Is there anyone in your network that you know that has to be on this show? Is it preferably a franchisee? Franchisee. Hmm. You know, I would say actually somebody that you definitely should invest your time in and to have on this show would be a really, really, really good accountant. And I actually do know somebody. That so Dustin. To. Dustin. Is that who you're going to say? Yeah. We've actually met with Dustin. He's been has here he been the last the, two days. Has he been on the podcast yet? He He's doing it. What are we doing next week? No, no, no. It's in January, I think. Yeah. So Dustin is great. He's really, really smart. He can educate and he can break it down in language that makes sense to people who don't understand taxes. The right. same way that I could maybe help an individual break it down in the language that they understand from a financial planning standpoint. For sure. Um, so I was super, super impressed with him, and I've actually brought him to clients to educate them. Yeah. I know we met him through you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, of course. Yeah. So that's the first person that I would tell you. Cool. But sounds cool. good. Appreciate your time. Of course. On, Thanks, on for, having me. Thanks and, for having me. Uh, I'm always down to do this. <laughs> so it's fun.